Now, there may come a time when you do take a stand. But, you know, sometimes those words that we say, we say them and, uh, with the wrong mindset, the wrong attitude. Thank God he didn't say that to us. Now, there may be a time when we have to stay away. There may be a time when we have to stand back. But we can never stop loving. We can never stop forgiving. Right? We can never start caring. We can never stop correcting. We can never stop showing and teaching. All right, verse 8 says, But he answered and said to him, Sir, let let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. So again, he's taking some time here. He said, Don't chop it down yet. How many times have we said it? How many times have uh, we been out in the yard? I mean, Jeannie does a great job of killing stuff. Now, there's been some stuff that, that's just, you know, I wish it was a gardener's hand and it would be a good uh, relationship here. But sometimes, you know, just throwing some stuff at it and it, it still lives, right? But God says, well, hold on just here a minute. Jesus said, let me, let me, let me have another. Let me have another year. Let me have a little bit longer. Let me work a little bit more. Let me put some time into it. Let me give it a little bit extra water. Let me give it a little bit extra fertilizer. Just hold on. Just hold on. Ask yourself, is that where you're at right now? Is maybe that somewhere that somebody in your family's at right now? Or maybe you don't even think about it. Maybe you're just full of God's mercy, grace, and wonders, and it don't matter. And see, and that's what the world wants you to think. They want you to think it does not matter. It does not matter, but I'm here to tell you it does matter. Verse 9 says, if it bears fruit, well, and if not, after that, you can cut it down. So if you read the, um, the chapter before this, it's talking, about, it's talking about repentance. It's talking about people being involved in things and, and things happening, being sacrificed. Uh, you know, just things out of the blue happening and, and death coming upon them and people looking to it and say, well, what did they do? I mean, what sin did they do to cause that? And Jesus said, well, they didn't do anything. It just happened. But more so will it happen to us. I mean, things will pop out of nowhere. Things will come unexpectedly. Things will come expectantly even. But it will come against us and it will take us. We're appointed only two times in this life. Birth and death. What we do in the middle is so, so important. Having a repentant heart, knowing and not getting caught up in the world and not understanding that we need a repentant heart. Understanding also that we... Yeah, that scared me too. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I'm not moving nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I think my heart skipped a beat. Uh, but again, we have to have a repentant heart. We have to understand things. We have to understand that, that we are to be productive. We are to understand that love is not just a word. I mean, is love not action? I mean, it's action in everything else we do. Right? I mean, think about it. How do you love your kids? What do you do out of love for your kids? Do you just sit there and smile at them and go, I love you? I mean, maybe you do. But there's more involved in it, right? Do you tell your wife, your husband, I just, I love you. You just look at them. 
Just smile. I mean, how far you reckon that would go? Never move, just smile. Right? So why do we look at God's Word and our purpose that God has picked each one of us for and think that all we have to do is just sit in the pew and go and smile and wave? Why do we think that's enough? Who taught us in the Bible that it says that that's all we're supposed to do is sit here and wait? I mean, yes, there's some truth in, you know, Jesus said all you have to do is believe to be saved. But then the Bible talks about what it looks like to be saved. Somebody has to do something somewhere. Love is an action. Think about the action that Jesus did and the action that it took to have us the life that we have here today. Think about that. Last verse is Second uh, Peter 3 and 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count it slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that they all should come to repent. That we all should. That none of us should perish. You know, there's a lot of truth in that, but I think sometimes we get hung up on that God doesn't want us to perish. God wants only great things for us. And all we have to do is sit in the pew and smile and wave, right? Man, if it were only that easy. If it was only that easy to raise your children. If it was only that easy for Daddy to have raised me. I mean, ask him sometime. He'll tell you. It was a breeze. It was a breeze. All he had to do was sit there and smile and wave. Smile and wave. Yeah. There's a bunch of waving. Well, there's no smiles, and that waving usually was this kind of wave. Not a, not a this kind of wave, but a, that kind of, like a tidal wave, you know. But again, understand that God's purpose for us is that none, should, none of us should perish, that we should all come before him in repentance. Think about it this morning. Think about it today. Think about the last time you will repent. Right? Think about the things that we get involved in every day, and we know when we get involved in them that, hey, that's, that's probably not right. And you struggle and you battle with it, but you keep going at it, and then you wake up a month, two months, three months later, and you're like, man, that just don't like that. You know, how does all this time come back? I mean, it, it gets in us so easily. I mean, our arrogance in thinking that we're smarter than the devil, that we got one figured out, that we can live in the middle, is where we get into trouble. But think about the last time you were sorry. Think about the last time you were sorry because nobody cost you, but because you knew God knew. Appreciate that word. Ooh, loud too. Man, it's ringing. I know it. Whew. I don't know why they got it turned up so loud. I will get accused of hollering today. <laughs> Amen. Again, it's good to see everybody here this morning. Thank you all for being here. It's wonderful that you joined us this morning. 
And I prayed already this morning. We prayed in the back. I prayed earlier this morning and throughout the week that you came expecting today. Why else be here? If you're not expecting from God, not expecting to give back, not expecting to receive, then you're like Pat's talking about. You're just sitting in a, you're filling a seat for a minute. So let's not be that. I know when he's talking about love as a verb. I don't, do y'all know DC Talk? Nobody? Okay. Don't look it up. You can Google it. They had a song back in the 90s called Love is a Verb. I'm not going to rap it or sing it. I could. Hallie, she ain't out here. I used to let them listen to all the old DC Talk songs. And uh, they were like, how do you know all that? And I was like, because I listened to it constantly. We didn't have... We didn't have these and were phones we could listen what we wanted to, so we had a tape or a CD we just played over and over and over, and that's what I don't. So, but, but so no, love is a verb. Love is action, and and part of showing love to God and because of what He's done for us is being here in assembly with others that love God, and we can build each other up. That's why we're here to encourage one another, to lift each other up, and to most of all lift up the name of Jesus. That's why we're here. It's what we do. It's why we come here and do what we do. So, um, yeah, like like Pat was saying, for the thing this evening over at South Park from 5 to 8, um, we talked about it a little bit this morning, some of us, and, you know, it's one of those things we don't know. They're, it's supposed to have been raining right now. You know, they, they said, oh, a big wave's going to move in between 8 and 11 this morning, or 8 and 12, and nothing's happening. If you look on the radar and, you know, see the future cast, it's not really showing anything, but we don't know. So, you know, talking with Steve Cannon, the pastor of the Baptist Church, he's bought a lot of food, and, you know, he wants to try to play it by ear. You know, it's one of those things, we'll plan on it right now. If, if the weather looks like it gets bad, we can send a text out to those that are, are planning on coming. It ain't no big deal. And if it's raining, then we won't be over there. Or if it's raining right before that and y'all don't want to play in mud, we won't be over there. <laughs> So it's it's uh it's not it's no big it's no big deal and and I mean it is but it isn't we want to go and have fun and have a good time of fellowship and sure win because most everybody in here is competitive and I, he said he hadn't been recruiting but I don't I don't know that I believe him so we'll see but but y'all come on we'll have hamburgers and hot dogs a little time of devotion and stuff like that and and just have a good time together if we have it all right let's just leave it right there and we'll talk some more and. I've got everybody's phone number that's in here, so you need to send a text out. It's no big deal. All right. Um, and, and, again, Vacation Bible School is great. Y'all did a great job with it last Tuesday night. Knocked it out of the park. I think we ended up with 20 um, children here. And we had a couple that wasn't. June wasn't able to be here Wednesday, and I hated that. But um, hopefully she will this next Wednesday. Um, and so y'all y'all come on. Bring some others with you. And, uh Announcement, I put it on Facebook this morning. Kona, let me make sure. Kona Ice. Okay. Kona Ice will be here, and all of the children will get free drinks. Um, so free icy, slushy, whatever you want to call them. They'll get free Kona Ice. So um, so y'all bring them, and we'll have them set up um, out, outside, and, and we'll just pray for good weather again. I know it worked out great last week to where um, we thought it was raining. We didn't know what it was going to do. Then it broke off, and cool. I think it was like 70 degrees out there, so it was wonderful playing outside. So um, last night of that, having a good time with it, and, and can't wait for this week. All right, um, let's receive our offering. Amen? Yes. Oh, oh, Jenny's got a... I didn't. I just hadn't got to yet. 
Now I can go ahead. Two minutes. Two minutes. Just two. <laughs> It'll be like 20 minutes. Because <laughs> I know how it's been when we had a meeting for vacation Bible school. It was. <laughs> All right. So remember that. Um, prayer this morning. Um, just remember Sarah Leathers in your prayers. She's got some things going on in her life, and she asked for prayer. Uh, I'm not going to dive off into them. And she's okay. She just she needs some prayer in her life for different things the devil's trying to attack her with, and and her mind and in her family. And so she needs prayer in her life. So remember that we just prayed this morning with her that um, you know Satan will leave her alone. She's a child of God, and so we're going to continue to pray for um, pray with her. Um, so, anything else just now before we pray and before the offering? All right. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this day and this time together again, Father, that we come and join. And, and God, with one heart, one accord, and one mindset that we come to receive, we come to give back praise to you this morning and in praise and worship as we've done. Because as, as one of the songs we sang says, we, we believe in you. We belong to you. And, and, Father, we belong to you this morning. I thank you, God, that you're working and moving in people's lives this morning and that you're touching and people will let change be gone and, and broken off their life and, and come back in that full relationship with you as they need to because that's why we're here. That's why we come. With heart of repentance, heart of brokenness, Father. We come to you this morning and we just thank you for this time together that your Holy Spirit's moving and continues to move throughout this service. God, we just uh, lift up. Sarah Leathers to you this morning, that you touch her, that you're with her right now, God, mentally, spiritually, physically, God, you know the things going on in her life, and, and God, we just thank you for, for just healing in those areas, and things that, Father, she can combat these things with you, working with her and through her, and we thank you for it, Father. God, we just, um, God, bring us time of tithes and offerings to you this morning, obedience to your word, God, that you're working and moving and, and blessing each and everyone in here. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, children, go to Children's Church this morning. There you go. How many is ready to receive this morning, ready to hear the Word? I know I am. Amen. Amen. Do you all need to get up and walk around a minute, shake off everybody good? All right, just making sure I gave you warning. So... You're here for a while. I know we got done a little early this morning. Daddy, if y'all wonder where Mom and Daddy is, Daddy is preaching out at um, Gandy's Cove Community Church this morning. They had asked him, the pastor there had asked him a while back to fill in while they was on a vacation on a trip, and so he was excited to go out there this morning, so they're out there. Um, and so I know he's enjoying getting, being able to preach and, and bring the Word of God as he always does, as he's done for years. 
but um, I know going somewhere new, and we all know that, it's a little, he's a little nervous, he still gets nervous, even after 50-something years, he still gets a little nervous being, being someplace new, so, um, so we're just remembering him in prayer this morning as he's out there. All right, so open up to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew 16, I think I've used something in Matthew 16 the past two or three messages, and it's not on purpose. It's not that I'd planned it that way. It's not that I said, well, I'll talk about this this week and this next week. No, it's just God keeps, I felt like, keeps leading me to that chapter, the things in it that, that we need to look at that He wants to show us and that He's showing me. And, and so, you know, in Matthew chapter 16 and, and starting in verse 13, we know that, that He's asked His disciples, who do men say that I am? And, and so when they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others, others Jeremiah and one of the prophets, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? So Simon Peter, we know, answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. And I, and I also say unto you that you, Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This next verse, 19, is where I've been stuck at all week. Just, just this verse and trying to make sure I understand everything that's in this verse and what it means for us. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth, we're bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. So how many know what the keys of the kingdom are? You can be honest. How many realize, how many understand what it means to bind on earth is bound in heaven and loose on earth is loosed in heaven? All right, so we're all in the same boat. Because you read that and you're like, what, what am I binding on earth? How's it, I mean, I know I can bind Satan. I know I can bind thoughts. I can tell them to go with the authority of the name of Jesus. But what does that mean as far as in heaven? And loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Are we loose in curses? Are we loose in blessings? Are we binded up curse? What all does that mean? I mean, it's it's kind of, and I'm sure then as Jesus was saying it, they were like, what in the world is he talking about? And so we're going to get to the binding and loosing part because trust me, that's been on my spirit. And I, I keep, I'm learning myself, okay? I'm learning myself about what this actually means and how this pertains to us in this day and time and what Jesus is actually talking about. But I want to get, and we, got, we can't get to there without talking about the keys of the kingdom. Notice I didn't say the keys to the kingdom. You say, well, what's the difference? Let's just read this morning. Do you know the difference of the meaning of the word of versus the meaning of to? So for of, we use the word of, those two letters right there, when, when we talk about some, it's something that belongs to, it is related to or connected to something. So we could, you know, we, and I messed it up. You know, if I'm typing up my notes and I said, well, the keys to the kingdom. No, it's not the keys to the kingdom. It's the keys of the kingdom because we can't just happen upon it. We didn't come up and say, well, here's the keys, and I found the keys to the house, or I found the keys to this. No, they were given to us by a higher power by somebody that had authority to give those things to us. Because Jesus is of the kingdom of God, right? So we couldn't get it without Jesus giving them to us 
and, and, dis- and making that available to us when we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's the only way we're going to get any keys to or of the kingdom of heaven. And with that comes a lot of responsibility. So the word to is a proposition. The proposition to is used to indicate the location, the person or thing that something or someone is moving towards. Additionally, we use it to indicate the direction something in the direction something or someone is moving towards. So there's two different meanings there to that word. You can't just say, Jesus said, here's the keys to the kingdom and slung them to you. No. Because there's more to it than that. There's more to that than we just read that, the keys of the kingdom. And, and what are they? Well, I've done a lot of research this week, tried to, about what the keys of the kingdom of God are. And you could say, well, it's salvation. Well, it starts there. You don't get knowledge of anything of the kingdom without accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior first. And that, that requires repenting of your sins, making Him Lord of your life, and saying He is my Lord and my Savior. So with that knowledge, that's, part, that's, that's the beginning of the keys of the kingdom. And a lot of times, and I, I, didn't bring, I left my keys in the back, but we, you know, I've heard this preached, Daddy's preached it a lot, and and, and just different things, and we, we think of a key. We think of a physical key. I did not get into this building this morning without a key to that lock. I didn't get in. We all know that. that. But it's more than just getting in there. It's more than that. So, so wondering what these things mean and how they pertain to us is something that has the Holy Spirit has begun to work in me throughout the week and understanding what I need to do, and the responsibility of these keys of the kingdom. So there's, it's not just a physical key. We know this relates to everything that Jesus said. Jesus was here to talk about the kingdom of God. We are here, and we believe in Him to advance His kingdom. And I'm sure that when, his, when, when He told Peter that, their thought process, because they were still into the thing of, hey, Jesus is here. He's the Messiah. We're going to set up. We're going to defeat the Romans. And we're going to take everything back that's ours. And we're going to be, we're going to be set on high. So, you know, a lot of their thinking back then, and we've talked about this before, was an earthly type kingdom that Jesus was talking about. And if we don't watch it, we'll still think earthly things and relate this and all we can get out of it is what we can get here on earth from the kingdom of God. But it's eternal. It's not an earthly thing. It is. We're going to we get to partake of the kingdom of God while we're on this earth because He's our Savior. He's our Lord and Savior. But it's, it's, we, we can't contain it just this world and what we can see is what we do so many times. We contain it to right here. Well, I'm good now. I'm all right now. And, and then we, well, God must be blessed me because I'm in the kingdom. It's more than that. Those keys... Or, or more than just him saying, here, here's the Word of God, read it and try to understand it. So, we know through this he was giving them authority, he was giving them power. We know Peter did not know this just by earthly revelation of who Jesus was. We know that the Holy Spirit revealed that to him and let him see that at that moment in time and that revelation come to him as we do we're reading the Word of God and we're like, oh, I see it now. We didn't get that of our own understanding. We got that because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, said, here, this is what this means. 
This is how this is going to help you through this situation. This is what you need to rely on right here, right now in this moment in time. And he just opens up to us. <coughs> but even Christians and a lot, if you see people out in the world, you go through downtown Hartsville. Let's just use this as an example. They got all their shops set up nice, and especially Christmas time, they got all the lights up and every window decorated with things in it for whatever time of the season it is. And what do you do a lot of times when you're walking through there? You're looking in the window, window shop. You don't really go in the store. If you see something that you kind of like, you'll go in there and look at it. But other times, you're just, you're just walking by. That looks nice. That looks good. Hey, that's, that's pretty right there. I ain't got nothing in there I want. We treat the kingdom of God the same way a lot of times. We do a lot of window shopping in our life, looking at things inside that are nice and pretty, and that's the doors we go in. That's the ones we want to enter. We don't want to enter anything that looks, that looks like it could be complicated. A little rough. That looks, that looks like, I, nah, I can do without that in my life. We don't enter those doors. We keep shopping. And a lot of people out in the world, that's what they're doing. They're window shopping. They're looking at you because you are supposed to progress and carry forth the kingdom that Jesus was talking about because if you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that means you're of the kingdom of God. That means you're a representative of the kingdom of God, and they're looking at you. And so if they're looking at you and they're looking at me to be an example of the kingdom of God, and they're shopping around like, is that really for me? Is that really what I want? Well, I saw Mark over here say this, do this. I really don't want it. Or their other mindset is, well, they can act any way they want to, then I can just join up with them and still do what I want to do. We're giving them a false representation a lot of times of what the power and what the authority and what the blessings of being in the kingdom and of the kingdom is. And we've heard it preached, having a kingdom mindset. What is that? That carries further than any earthly thing we understand. And so, you know, we, we get into these things, and I'm not, I'm, we're not getting into weeds this morning, okay? This is, I want, I want to bring out hopefully some meat. Hopefully something we can take and chew on for a while. And like, what is he talking about? Then that means you get in the Word of God and you start reading and you start researching and you see what the Holy Spirit can show you through this little bit of time we spend together this morning. Because if I had just spent 30 minutes, is hopefully 30 to 45 minutes this week, preparing the Word of God to preach for you this morning, I wouldn't understand an, an ounce of what I'm talking about. And trust me, there's still a lot I don't understand. That's why I take time to read the Word. That's why we take time to understand what, what God is saying. And you're not going to get it all just to this little just a few moments here this morning, I promise. So we're going to get to the binding and the loosing, but probably not today. We're not going to be here that much time because I want you to understand the keys of the kingdom of God, the keys of the kingdom. So... Those keys, we can look at three, three points. I want to make three points today, the keys of the kingdom of God. What these keys signify and what they could mean to us in our life. So these keys, keys always, when you get keys at home, work, wherever, they signify access, right? I have access 
to go into that place. If you've got a key to this church building, that means you have been granted access to come up here and, and use it or unlock the door for somebody else. Now, most people don't just come up here and do whatever they want. Because why? There's responsibilities with those keys. If you've got keys at work, most people now have got keys, but to get into places, they have badges now, right? I know Cole was excited when he started work up there at the warehouse. He'd come in one night, look what I got. I got a badge. I can get in this little key access. I can, you can just swipe it and it lets you in. They've also got the right to deny you anytime they want to. Right? So you're saying that Jesus, God's going to deny me coming into the kingdom of heaven anytime that I want to? I'm not saying that. God's not that type of God. But we've got to get past the point to where I've got a key so I can go in and do what I want to. I can rummage around. I can I can get into the kingdom of heaven because this, you know, this, you know, everything's good kind of mentality that churches or pastors preach and everything's all right and there's nothing wrong anywhere. And so their mentality is, well, I can just go up and I can just hang out with God. I can sit on the couch, we can kick back, watch a little TV, and we're just we're just homies like that. We're just right here together. When you get to thinking that way of Jesus, sure, He's our brother, but He's our Lord and Savior, okay? He's more than just, He's our Lord and our friend, but He's somebody we got to honor and respect, and that's where that fear of God comes in. That's where it's got to stay in our life to where we don't just, we're not comfortable. Oh, I'm comfortable with God, but I can just go in and we can just do whatever. Sure, that's great if that's the way you think, but that's not the what it's talking about. So, so those keys mean we can get in, all right? If I give you a key to my house, I'm out of town. Say, here, go over to my house and take care of it. Take care of the things there. I've entrusted you with the ability to get in somewhere that I didn't want anybody else into. And only a select few. But that I entrust you, though, when you're in there, you got a responsibility and carry you know, authority to where you can go in and somebody asks you, well, I've got a key to their place. But I entrust you not to steal things while you're there. I entrust you not to rummage through my stuff and look at everything and do all that kind of stuff. So with the keys of the kingdom that God grants us by becoming Lord and Savior, it's not a club, it's not a country club, it's not this to where you got to pay a certain amount because Jesus paid it all for us. We know that. But... God's not denying anybody that comes to him keys of the kingdom. He's not denying. I don't have more keys because I'm a pastor. I can't get into more rooms because I, I, I hold this position. You can't get into less rooms. Well, I've only been this long. You know, God don't entrust me. He entrusts everybody with the same amount and said, here's, here's what this is about. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what's going on because I have given you the keys of the kingdom. So they signify access. The only way, like I said, we, we can get there, anybody can, is accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And so that means at any time, even though, you know, sure, I didn't do something right this week, God's not locking the door. Well, you sin. I guess you, you've messed up one too many times. You've messed that up. So I'm, I'm going to lock the door. I'm changing the locks. You can't get in. He's not doing that. Because we know in Hebrews chapter 4, this is to everybody. This is open to those that made Jesus Lord of their life. This is us. 
the children of God. Seeing then we have a great high priest, Jesus, who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was at all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. This last verse. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly. We can come in and say, God, here I am. I'm broken. I'm repenting before you. I, I want things different. I need you in my life. Holy Spirit, work and move. And, and not just the, not on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday. Make me be different. I want to be changed. I want to be who you want me to be. So we can come boldly at any time because we have access, because we got the keys of the kingdom. We have access and the right to come before the throne of God. Don't ever let the lies of the devil tell you you do not have a right to come before God in prayer, to come before God in repentance, to come before God for His grace and mercy to rain down and shower over you. You have that right in your life because you're a child of God, because we are of the kingdom of God. The second one, the keys signify authority. I've got keys. I can go in. Somebody asked me, no, they give me a key. I have authority to go in. And, and, and be, like we just read here, boldly before the throne of grace, we have authority. He's entrusted us with those keys. He has trusted us with those things. When we accepted Him as Lord and Savior, He's like, all right, I'm, I'm, Jesus done everything. So I'm trusting you here. Here, here's everything that I've got. And He expects the same from us, to give Him everything we have. Not just a little. Because we do that, we get in the kingdom of God. We, we go in. And then a lot of times what happens in our own life, and we all can attest to this, we've all been there. When bad things come, we step back outside and see what else is available. We do that on our own. God didn't say, you've got to come in and it's Hotel California. Everybody knows the song. You can't leave. You can come here, but you can't leave. He said, no, I'm loving you enough, so hopefully you don't want to ever leave. We do that on our own accord. We step back out and say, God, I know you trusted me with these things, but I, I, I think I'm going to do it on my own. It's too hard. It's too, it's too tough. It's difficult. It's too difficult to be a Christian out in my school today, out in my workplace today with all these others around me. It's too difficult to, to be who I'm supposed to be, so I'm just going to act like them more because it's better that way. It's funner that way. I can do what I want to and, and just, just be okay. And there's people in this world that have handed the keys back to God and said, I don't want no more part of it and walked out on their own accord. And, and them getting back to God, I, I was asked, what do you think about once saved, always saved? I told them my feeling on it. They didn't agree with it. I don't know. I know what the Word of God says. And I'm not telling anybody, well, I don't know how far I've got. Guess what? Today's the day of salvation, as you're going to hear me say in a little while. Today's the day where you can come back to that relationship with Him as you need to. Today is that day. Why keep putting it off? Why keep window shopping at everything else the world has to offer that looks fun? Because we know behind that window, the things that look good in that window, we know that on the other side of that, they got a storage room, don't they? And in the storage room is all the old stuff that they don't want to put out no more. They want nobody to see. Right, right, it's about to go to the dumpster. So, so we get in there. We don't want to go back there because everything looks good, even though in our life. 
we, we get in there and it's fun for a little while, but yet we end up back on the shelf in the back because we're back to where we was to begin with. We're back at those same places doing those same things that we ask God to deliver us from and take us away from, but yet we're back here doing those same things again because we forgot the authority that we had in the kingdom of heaven. We forgot the authority, then the right that we had to come before Him boldly. So in Luke chapter 10 and verse 17, Jesus had us, you know, the 70 had went out and had done all these things and, and come back and were reporting back to Jesus. So then in verse 17, So then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Why? Because the authority of Jesus. Jesus' name, not anybody else's. But we, we know what happened you know, to those that, that were in Paul's day trying to, trying to cast out demons through the name of Paul and all this kind of stuff. And they just laughed at them and jumped on them. So we know the only name that Satan is scared of, the only one that can defeat him is the name of Jesus. And he said to them, <coughs> and Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you, you, so this you that it's talking about here is not just to these 70 that we read about. This you, Y-O-U, because the Bible is the living Word of God, is the same authority He's given to us. So that's you, Y-O-U. That's me. So when we read that, we say, oh, that's, that's nice. He gave that to those 70. No, I'm part of that 70 now. Why? Because Jesus is Lord of my life. And so I have the same authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, all the power of the enemy. All the power. Mentally, physically, emotionally. Whatever the devil wants to throw at you, you have the power to overcome those things. You do. I know this week, sure, you know, just because you study the Word of God, life still happens. Things still happen. You're still married. So this week, there was some difference of opinions between me and my lovely spouse. Nobody ever deals with that. And so, you know, it was one of those things where we didn't talk much for a day or so. <laughs> Whatever. No, but I know, don't look at me like y'all are holier than me, alright? Because y'all have all done it. But, you know, I was driving, I worked yesterday for a little bit, and driving to work. And it felt like the Holy Spirit. And it's just me because I know better. It's like, yeah, the devil's loving this. It's exactly what he wants. He wants confusion. He wants arguing. He wants strife. He wants envy. He wants jealousy. He wants rage. He wants all these things to work in my family as well as yours so that we cannot see the authority that we have over him. And we do not understand the authority. And we do not take hold and, and say the name of Jesus in authority over Satan and in our life and the things that are going on. Now, I didn't rebuke her. She's not the devil. All right? She's an angel. So, no, I had to pray myself. And sure, I, my flesh didn't want to. I was right. We're always right in our own minds and our arguments, right? So I had to pray for pride to get out of the way. 
Then I had to pray for myself and ask God to forgive me before I could ask her to forgive me. And why? Because I stepped back out for just a second and I wanted what I wanted. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Now, I didn't step out of the kingdom of God and nothing like that. But you see what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying. You get in those thoughts and Satan works here. And he wants here so you can't feel and know what's in your heart. Because you'll speak out. Even though the Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. That's why, that's why we've got to get our whole life inside and out. Conform to him each and every day. If not, if we miss a day. If we miss two days, then we're conforming ourselves more to this world, more to those things we see that look good through the window and know that they can hurt us in our life and don't do anything about them because he, he said, I give you all power and authority over the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you, nothing. But then he goes on and say, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's the ultimate that's the ultimate we want to be is our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We know that our names are there. We know that we're going to be there with Him. So He's given us power in this life against the devil. He's given you power in this life against those things that attack you each and every day. And I know I'm not the only one in here that deals with thoughts and different things in my life, in our life, that, that the devil wants to defeat us by every day. There, I mean, there's, he would love nothing more than us to just give this up and go back out and do what we were doing. If, if you were ever addicted to anything, he would love nothing more than for you to stop what you're doing now, get back in that addiction, and live that life that you were living. Why? Because he had a hold on you, he had a grasp on you. That's what he, that's what he wants. He, he does not want any of this, and us to see and understand the power and authority in the name of Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, This name, Jesus, talks about the name that is above every name. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. This mind, our mind. Jesus' mind was the same as ours as on this earth. He had the same makeup, the same build, the same, the same everything inside and out looked like us. He was God in man form, right? So he had the same mind. And as we read in, in Hebrews, he was tempted with every point as we are, yet without sins. Where did temptation start? Right here. So he had the same thoughts, the same problems, the same, the same thing of pride might want to well up in him. He's like, well, that's Jesus, yes, but he had to pray. Remember, he even prayed in John when he was going to the cross, take this cup from me. So, so he had those thoughts, he had those things, and not that Jesus was weak in any way, because why? But he still hung on the cross, didn't he? He didn't, he didn't say, let me try something else, and that be it. No, he's still hung on the cross. So the same mind being you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. His name is above every name. So like I said, he just says he, he had the right to give those people power and authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, just like he gave him you that right, and he has that right to do that. 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those in earth and those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Everyone. Why? Because of the name of Jesus. Because of the name Jesus. You said, well, it was his earthly name. Well, it was. Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ is his deity. Christ is, is this the everlasting Son of God. We know that. And, and, but it's, it's the name of Jesus and how we use that. And we can speak to situations. We can speak to thoughts. We can speak to whatever is going on in our life and say, in the name of Jesus, you have to go. In the name of Jesus, we can get bold with it. When those thoughts and those different things come along to where it makes us think we want to go out and do the things we was doing before, you say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not doing it. In the name of Jesus, temptation, you got to go. I bring every thought into captivity, as J.J. said last week. Every thought into captivity. Every one of them under the obedience, to the obedience of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. To this obedience of everything under heaven, under earth, and things under the earth. He is under those things and over those things to where they all, they all answer to Him. We all answer to Him. So the last thing, keys signify insight. Insight. Since we have access, since we have authority... We have insight into this kingdom. We don't. It's not just the kingdom of heaven. Is not like I've heard people here recently going to Graceland. Just I don't know why that popped in my mind. It's not in my notes. I promise. I've never been. So those of you who've been, I'm sure it's like a museum. You go. You can't touch anything. You can't do anything. You just look at it. The kingdom of heaven. We have access to it. It's not just one of those things where God's got this whole kingdom built, and that's, this, is, this is where our earthly mind goes because it can't comprehend the eternal part of what, God, what Jesus is talking about here. And it's not a museum. It's not, got, it's not got the little velvet ropes up everywhere and just shrines built anything or do anything. It's not what it's talking about. But we can have insight into the Word of God. We can have insight into what Jesus is meaning here, what He's meaning throughout His Word, what what how this partakes to us, pertains to us today. And so, Jesus had to go. We know that. And, and, and He talks about that. Jesus said, I must go so the Comforter will come, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is who gives us insight. So we're not going to know who the Holy Spirit is and how He can work in our life and move in our life and show us things and, and open up our eyes to things in the Word of God unless first we have that access and we know we have the authority, right? So first we've got to have access. Because you can't get the Holy Spirit without getting Jesus first. You can't get the Holy Spirit without true repentance coming in your life and Him working because the Holy Spirit is, is one that's leading and guiding all men to repentance and all truths. He's guiding us and leading us in that. So Paul says in his first letter to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, And starting in verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for your glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for they had, for they had known, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I have seen nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. This next part. But God has revealed 
them to us through His Spirit. God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. I, and, and I hear people say, well, I just don't understand the Bible. I just don't understand. I don't know, I don't know what I'm reading sometimes. I don't, I don't know this or I don't know that. Again, first, you're never going to know it unless you read it. You're never going to know it unless you study it, just like anything else that we do in life. You kids, you children in school, you're not going to know the answers to the test or what's, what's, what you're going to need to know when you take the test unless you know it's in the book that you're reading throughout the week, right? You're not going to know it unless you're cheating, unless somebody gives you the answer. Guess what? Jesus giving us answers called hymns. But we still need to know what to say, okay? We still need to know where to go in the Word of God and, 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 and where, what we need to speak. But God has revealed in us through His Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is what reveals to us as we read. We know that we can read something and we can just read it like there's a daily Bible reading and a lot of times I'll listen to it. You know, if I'm at work or doing something at the plant, I'll have an earbud in my ear and I'm listening to it as it reads to me. Well, that's great and that's good, but that's not like reading and then getting to something and be like, hey, what does that mean? What is it, how does that apply to my life? And even through this, a lot through this, I'm like, Holy Spirit, I need to realize and know and understand what you're trying to show me here. Show me, you know, where to go in the Word to, to relate this to our lives today, to these keys, to these things, and the binding and loosing and stuff like that. You know, I don't want it on my own power and on accord and what it could mean. I want the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what it does mean. And it's the same way in our daily life, and our daily reading. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to us and show us things to where we can better understand how to handle situations that come along. And it could be as simple as, Next argument I get in with Gabby, Mark, shut up. You say, well, you should know that. Yeah, but a lot of times we know men, we do not realize that because we want to keep talking. We want our point to come across. And the whole time the Holy Spirit just just stop. She's saying that, but, you know, I don't, still don't want to listen to her. But we don't want to listen to the Holy Spirit either because we want to prove our point. And not only in arguments, and everything that we do in life. We want to prove that we can do it. And that's everybody in here. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received the Spirit not of this world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. Sure, salvation is free, freely given to us by Jesus. The rest of the stuff that comes along, it's free. And he said, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously or freely, the book of James says. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and reveal to us things to where every day when we get up, we're Holy Spirit, hey, hey, I need you today. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you to show me how to handle every situation that comes along. And when those situations come along in our life throughout the day, because we know every day something has to come up, children, spouse, work, whatever it is, we can say, Holy Spirit, let me know how to act. Let, show me what I need to say. Help me through different things. I mean, there's times at work, even recently, you know, a guy will come talk to me. There's one guy at work, and he talked about it on Wednesday night somewhere. He's going through the book of Revelation. He'll come ask me questions. Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And as he's asking me stuff, I'm, I'm asking, hey, Holy Spirit, I need some help right now. I need to know how to answer this. 
I need to know what to say. I need to know not to just rebuke him or anything. He's not saying anything bad, but just so we can have a discussion. Because there's still a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of things you don't know, so you're not going to know it unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. Let's read on. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things to spiritual, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Because a lot of times we read this, we're like, I don't, I don't know, that don't mean nothing. Holy Spirit's trying to reveal it to us, but we've got to apply it to our life, and we don't want to a lot of times, so we think it does no, no good to us, because again, we're still on this earthly mentality of what God has for us spiritually and eternally, and we're trying to get past what we see here and see Him. But the natural man does not receive these things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by, by, by no one. For, he, for who has known the mind of the Lord that they may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And we read that just, just a little bit ago in, in uh, Philippians. We read the same thing, didn't we? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Something, something's going on there that we need our minds rearranged and changed so we can understand that what we need to know is more here and more in the Word of God to apply to us in everyday life to where this kingdom life that we need to live. And, and we've, I've heard this preached and you know people apply that to prosperity and all these kind of things. It's so much more than that. I'm not, I'm not, we're not getting into that, to that part of the weeds, okay? We're not going to get in there. Because because we can, we people have spun this the kingdom living, the kingdom mindset, the prosperity preaching, and you give more and God will do more. Well, you just need to give a little more and God will do a little more. I, I found that nowhere in the Word of God, nowhere. Remember, Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to him. He didn't know it on his own. You're not going to know the things on your own to do, except what you've taught and trained yourself to do, right or wrong, unless the Spirit of God reveals it to you. And that's what the same Spirit that revealed it to Peter, the same Spirit that's going to reveal how to do things that you need to do in your life and how to make the kingdom of God and how to take these keys of the kingdom and apply them to your life every day. So, so spend time in prayer. We've got to spend time in prayer. We've got to spend time with God to know God, right? Because it said here, and he said in Corinthians, you know, how we're going to know the things of the Spirit unless we're of the Spirit. We know our things. We know what we want to do. So unless we spend time in prayer and with Him, we're not going to know Him. We've used this a lot. Just as I, you're not going to know your spouse or your somebody you call a friend unless you spend time with them and know them. It's the same with God. Sure, we're spending time with God this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit's here. I prayed and I felt it this morning when I was here by myself in a time of prayer and, and just, you know, in my own time and knew that the Spirit of God is real and working through this place. And, and so it's, it's not, this, this is great. We're spending time together. The Spirit's here. We're spending time with God. We're reading some of His Word. But don't let it stop here. Don't let it stop to where tomorrow you're like, I'll, I'll read it later. I'll, I'll get in there later. Hey, God, thank you for another day. Appreciate you. And then that's all we think about it until we go to bed at night or wake up the next morning and do it all over again. And then 
and try to get some kind of charged up on Sunday and ready to go out. Because here, we're supposed to, I'm, my job is to teach and instruct and encourage, right? So it's your job to take the things that you've heard, and whether you understand them or not right now, get in the Word of God and ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand these things, and you go out and combat your world every day and your own life. So, prayer, time with God, intimate time with Him. We want to know about Him, more about Him, about His kingdom. We've got to spend time with Him. We do not have to wait until we leave this life to enjoy what the kingdom of heaven has for us. To enjoy the blessings of the kingdom. To enjoy the things in our life that, that, that God wants us to have. Because, because why? He has given us access. He's given us authority. And He's given us insight to His kingdom. And, and so <clears throat> we go out from here. And, and we, we, we take hold of that, especially when Satan comes against us and tells us things in our life and tries to bring us down with depression, anxiety, different things, whatever, whatever's going on in your mind and your life. You can say, no, I have access to the kingdom of God. I have access. I'm in of the kingdom of God. I'm of the kingdom because he's my Lord and Savior. And then with that, you can leave from there and say, no, no, Satan, because I have access, that means I've got authority. Through the name of Jesus, and I can tell you to leave and flee any time that I need to. You can do that. And, and, and then with the Holy Spirit, we can pray, hey, I'm, I, I need more insight into the Word of God. I need more insight to know what I need to do with my life each and every day and what you would have me to do. And then we know that our sins are forgiven, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and that we can live the life He's called us to. Amen? Amen. Does everybody understand? There's, there's more. We'll get into more next week, I promise, on, on this and the binding and the loosing. And y'all pray for me that the Holy Spirit reveal to me the things that I need to teach to you. You say, well, I can just reveal it to myself. Well, good. That way if I say something that you're like, no, no, this is what this means. I'm not above that. All right? We all need prayer. I pray for you. You pray for me. We pray for each other. We build each other up to lift up the name of Jesus through it. And we can go out not being say, oh, they must go to Victory Fellowship. No, I want my life to portray Jesus. And you'll say, well, that's, that's a child of God. That's Mark Carroll. He's something different. What's going on with him? Oh, he's just a pastor. No, I don't, I don't want to just be Pastor Mark. I want to be a child of God. And then me living and doing in the kingdom what he's called me to do. And advancing his kingdom and his word. Not the name of Victory Fellowship Church, but the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what we want to do. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. I say it every week. Today is the day of salvation. If you're here and Jesus is not Lord of your life, if you're walking away in your relationship with Him, you're going your own way, you're window shopping out in the world, you've stepped into storage you shouldn't step into, Repentance is the same now as it was then. It'll be the same tomorrow. But why wait till tomorrow? Because we don't know what the day holds for us. So why wait? Because we know if we leave this world without Jesus, it's eternity in hell without Him. Without Jesus. There's no heaven. 